last time on Join the Party. The party tries to wrangle a nightmare, a demon horse summoned from a small figurine. Inara and Johnny quickly toss their rings around the neck of the flying beast, and Autumn has another agenda. Get off of him. You can't kill him. What are you talking about? I already did. Later that night, Representative Brink sends some contestants packing with the final rock of love given to Tracy. Tracy, do you want to stay in this competition? I can take it or leave it. But it seems that the eliminated aren't sent home when Alice is pulled through a muddy portal that opens in the floor, through all the commotion, and an arrow comes out through the hole, hits the top of the back patio roof, explodes in a burst of light, and the floor closes. Secret secrets are no fun, and you should share it with everyone so you can figure out what's going on with these mud people. Let's get the party started. The second the mud hole closes up, Inara is going to grab Johnny by the arm, give Tracy the come with me thumb over the shoulder, and head right up to their room, to the private bathroom, to talk about what's happening here. As you're running away, everyone's screaming, fighting off mud, like, it's chaos. And it slowly fades as you're running through the hallways of the house. So the three of us are going to cram into our private bathroom and shut the door behind us. I'll sit on the sink. I assume Tracy stands in the tub, which is probably the biggest area available. <laughs> and I'll take a seat on the uh, on the toilet, but I'm not actually doing anything. Relax. And Okay, we'll lay on the bath mat to turn her belly up to the sky and like rub her a little back on the bath mat and clean off the mud. Oh, Tracy's jealous. He wants to lay on the bath mat. <laughs> uh, so, guys, what is going on? Where is Alonzo? I think in whatever dungeon or or prison holding cell or space they have down there, wherever down there is. Did you guys see anything down there in that hole? Just one of Alonzo's nah, arrows. Just, just arrow. the arrow, yeah. Who did you guys talk to before the whole competition flying nightmare sick grind machine times? <laughs> that was the full title of the competition, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're gonna call this this situation in the in the announcements, but that's what I would call it. Cut to the video version of that, and it says cool teen grinds to representative's heart as the, the lower third. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something funky going on here. I you know that girl Autumn looks just like me, kinda uncanny. Oh, that's what she looks like. God, okay, I just put that together. She told me that. There's some kind of like way to summon other people in the house, some kind of like secret channel. And I don't know, it sounds suspicious to me, but there's there's something going on here and we've got to get Alonzo and get out. How do you summon other people in the house? What 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 are you talking about? She said to knock on the mirror and somehow that would summon her. I don't know why she wants to meet. I don't know what she wants to talk about, but it uh it sounds kind of suspicious to me. Can I identify magic time happenings in this bathroom? Sure. 16 for arcane check. <laughs> okay. What do you want to know? I want to know more about this uh, magical talk to and, and meet up with people through bathroom mirror times. And perhaps if that 16 roll was good enough, 
if we can attempt to reach specific people. Sure. I think that you climb over an aura to get to the mirror. Sure. I don't even ask, though. No, you it's just like you just push her out of the way. Do I use my sunglasses to help in any way? Yeah, yeah you put them on like they're like they're um, like a magnifying glass. Yeah, very good. Yeah, the mirror is not magical. Does it take like yeah. a couple inches off your waist? Is that kind of magic? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh... <laughs> well, you, your you... favorite assassin got a crit fail on her <laughs> investigation check. So you tried to shove me aside to see what happens, but you- Who's that girl in the mirror? You slip, fall, and your hand falls into the toilet. <laughs> I'm going to stab the mirror. Anarla loses object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you remember, even with a one, is that Autumn told you to knock three times. So since I'm still there, can I investigate the happy? Someone has to. Someone, Apparently, yeah, it's not sure. me. Tracy's like, "Wow, I can't believe they put a clawfoot tub in here." I got a 14 plus four for an 18. Okay, there is a false back to this mirror, and it's rigged with a password and a bottle of ibuprofen. <laughs> oh, oh, four uh, years can expired. I can I loot the uh, medicine cabinet that's uh, attached <laughs> to the thing? Sure. I think that at this point with you two like all up on the mirror, you've removed like the actual mirror portion and you see that there is a just a door, like a very small mirror sized vanity sized door that has a latch and you tried to open it and you can't. Which is why we have to do some sort of password. However, you didn't answer my previous question other than sure. Can I loot the medicine cabinet that's attached to the mirror? What do I get? (laughs) Give me things, dad. (laughs) Give me. I want medicina. I want more. I want you to make a nature check. Oh, that's an 11. In the medicine cabinet, there are cotton swabs and tiny Alonzo-themed Band-Aids. That's done perfect. There's a mason jar filled with blue leaves. May I put one of these Band-Aids on Oatcake? 100%, man. I would like somewhere where she would be okay with it, so probably the back of the collar so it can also stay there for longer. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Not be itchy. Pull on the fur. Yeah. It happens. But that's not all. Before the day started, we were looking around the patio and there's definitely something sketchy about the bar out there. The bartender just kind of like came up out of the mud and I think that might be somewhere we can get down into wherever they're holding Alonzo. And Tracy, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've been a little more aggressive than normal. What? Well, remember that time I... Pretty much murdered two people. (laughs) Tracy thinks. Hey, everyone, hold on. Pause. Pause. Okay, holds up two of her paws. I need to step out for a moment. And Tracy steps out. Because Tracy just remembered he has a bug in his ear. (laughs) And he needs to get rid of this thing immediately. (laughs) Oh, no. So I'm going to place the bug on, like, the windowsill. Hopefully the extra ambient noise will make it sure. Make it seem like I didn't. Drop it out of my ear. Make a sleight of hand check. Nine plus one for ten. I just want to take the mud bug, at, which is what I'm calling this from now on, it's good. out of my ear slowly and then place it carefully on a windowsill so there's some ambient noise. So it sounds like I'm moving and then return back to the bathroom. Sure. Yeah, I think you do that successfully. Yay, me. Tracy does a little high five to himself. at least to your knowledge. Yeah, to your, to your knowledge, you did that successfully. He still feels great. Hey, Tracy feels great. I return back to the bathroom and I say, unpause. You all right, bud? Tr- Tracy, we're going to have to talk about manners. That was that was kind of... So, I, uh, so I've so i had a producer in my ear this whole time. 
I don't know if you know, I said like beep boop sometimes. I don't normally say that, you know? Yeah, I thought you were just like leaning into the image, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I no, I very much hate that. But there's this producer and they promised me some things, some secrets about me. And they said if I played along nicely, I'll get some information. But I don't think stuff's starting to break bad. So I don't want them to know what we're talking about here. Um, so I put it out on the windowsill over there. Yeah, I don't think nice is working anymore. No, I don't think so either. Well, I'm glad you took care of that, Tracy. Um, anyway, as I was in the middle of a sentence, I went a little aggressive. I'm sorry about that. I found out with Inara that the gym's kind of a little weird magical zone of influence bad times. Like more than normal? Some kind of charm. It's, it's not good. It makes people way more aggressive than normal. Okay. So we've got the arrow, we've got the gym, we've got a mirror, we got this bug, and a bar? Yeah. This sounds like a joke in the making. <laughs> <laughs> so a robot, a dad, and a flip teen walk into a mud house. There's a bug and an arrow <laughs> and, a, and a weird gym. Oh, yeah. Also, guys, the Retro Gang's here. My bad. I've been working what? with them. Uh, what? What? Um, <laughs> what? See? Look, look, look. It's all good. They were There was two Red Throats in a trench coat. I'm, I'm kind of surprised you guys didn't realize this. No, I was busy being tackled by Autumn by the Shrimp Pyramid. <laughs> they said they wanted Chad to win. And if we could get Chad to win, they would sort of... Bring this place down. I feel conflicted because Chad is ultimately the best human I've ever met. He really human. is. He's like the model for all of us. Man. And he deserves everything in the world. He does. I think he should win. But now I don't want him to win. No, I definitely want him to win. So you are aligning yourself with the Red Throat. So here's, here's my thought. If we can get Chad to win, we can get the Red Throat gang to create a spectacle. While that's happening, we can find a way down into the dungeon, rescue everyone, save everyone... And get out of here. Trace, we know that the Red Throat Gang loves to kill people, though. Who knows what that spectacle would mean? Here's what we can do. Double-cross them. Here's my problem, Tracy. I'm tired of this game. I know you're also frustrated. I actually think you're enjoying this a little bit, Inara. But that's totally fine. I because mean, listen. If Brinksy can't have me, she can't have anyone. I'm not really a favorite. <laughs> you're not this here. Game game, listen, games are fun. Games are fun. You're I love not it. here to make friends, and I totally get that. But since we're already friends, maybe we should focus on now that we know where Alonzo is, and that's the whole reason we came here. We should try to get there as quickly as possible and stop playing this game. Uh, let's try this. Inara's gonna jump up onto the sink, and knock three times on the door. I think you knock three times hard on the door, and on the third time, your knock echoes somewhere on the other side. And uh, the latch on the secret door clicks open, and the door slowly opens up. What's the light situation? Poor. I'm going to send out some fun, happy time lights. Dancing, Dancing lights. lights. What are the names of the orbs? Carl, Bob, Janice, and Eduardo. Nice. Writing it down. Carl, Bob, You James. had like hundreds of thousands of years of history to choose a three people, yeah. four people, four people four a quartet. I send Eduardo into the... <laughs> I send Eduardo into the poorly lit passage. Sure. It kind of looks like a chimney. It's a very narrow tunnel that's going directly up, and there's a rope ladder that's hanging down through the tunnel. Guys, think about this. If this goes where we think it's going to go, and we rescue everyone, what's going to happen at the end? We're just going to show up and... If They're going to they... throw us all in dungeon? This is not a plan. This is just a stopgap solution. But the thing is, Trace, that if all of Tortopolis sees that they have the champion locked away, 
that's not going to be good. They're not going to let that happen. The game's going to end somehow. But you've met how he's been received at every other city-state so far. It's not great. Things seem really bad here, but you could be right. What I, do you think we should do? I have faith that the people here in Tortopolis don't want to be ruled by an autocrat in muddy boots. If we can bring this down and make a big splash, we can end this. This is how we bring peace to this city-state. The Red Throats almost killed Alonzo. I know. I'm going to go up this ladder. I'm going to wait here. Will you come back and tell me what you find? I will. Johnny, you want to come with me? I'm going to send Eduardo with you here. This is a legitimate problem now, and now I have to write their names down. Who's Eduardo? <laughs> I send one of my dancing lights, Eduardo specifically, the one who's already in there, and I'm going to move in under the rope ladder in case Anara needs help and can call for help. Is okay chilling? Okay, because on my little backpack harness. DM, what do I see? So you climb up the rope ladder, and it's about 10, 15, 20 feet long. You climb up and up and up. It's really dusty in there. It's not a hard climb. You just kind of shimmy shimmy your way up. And you didn't know there was a third level to the mansion. I guess from the outside, it just looks kind of big and stately, but you there's no stairs that go up. And you hoist yourself up at the top of the tunnel and this is like an attic it's cramped and has a low ceiling and super dusty you can see pink insulation poking out of the top of the ceiling and there's just boxes everywhere boxes and boxes and boxes that have been taped up all super dusty and there's also a projector that's been pushed over a box and just kind of like laying on its side i'm gonna walk over to the projector and pick up whatever film or slides i see cast off next to it uh, yeah, there's a film inserted into the projector. Um, you don't know if it works or not. I want to pull it out and hold it between the dancing light and my eyes so that I can try to see what is on the images. Okay. You pull out like a little bit of the film, and there's like three frames one after another. It looks like the Coliseum that you've just been in. And there's a cheering crowd in the background, and it looks really similar to what you saw before. There are banners everywhere, and there are two big monsters that are fighting. One has like five different faces that are all on like different necks. It's like they're all going out and jumping out and trying to bite at this other fighter. At first it looks like a monster to you, but you take a closer look and it's humanoid and it's standing and the person is covered in metal. It looks like someone put metal plating over every single part of someone's body there could be a person in there, maybe, and the person is holding a sword and trying to stab it at the five-faced monster. And everyone's cheering. On the banners hanging down, it's not Representative Brink's face carved into a mountain like you saw in the Coliseum before. It is a five-pointed star with, like, a glint off of it. You see banners for that all over the Coliseum. Like, just in this one shot, you can see, like, one to the left, one to the right, and one right in the center. I'm going to cut open the box nearest to me with my dagger. And it's just, like, tons of papers and folders. You push them aside. It's like no one's touched these papers in years. Like, some of them are molding over. Other of them are just, like, caked in dust. And this box that you opened up are box scores. It's, like, stats. 
there are all these names that you don't recognize on the far left corner. And then there are all these numbers to the right of them that seem like they don't make any sense with each other. One column has like numbers in the thousands. One column has like a lot of zeros, but some people have like ones and twos and threes and uh, more on the other side. And then above it says name, race, kills, dodges, fights, excitement. And all of those are on like a level one to 10. And at the bottom, there's like analysis of this box score. Like Trogar, like really bloody, the majority of the people and everyone got super excited about it. And then at the bottom, on every single one of these papers and in the box scores, it says the Council of Bright at the bottom. I'm going to flip through a few of them to get the gist. Every single one of these says that is stamped with the Council of Bright at the bottom, and they're stamped with the five-pointed star. I'm going to close the box and kind of back up toward the rope ladder where I came in and kind of put my back against a wall so I have a good view of the attic around me. Sure. And take oatcake out of my pack and say girl do your thing is there anything interesting around here in this plane or another why don't you roll animal handling 15 plus one for a 16 okay i think oatcake sniffs around all of the boxes and she just like goes one or another and kind of just like ignores it and there's like a pile of boxes that are all like leaned against the far wall and she just like nudge it open and it looks like there's a door leading somewhere else behind them I'm going to go over to where Oatcake is, put her back in my pack, and shove the boxes to the side so I can try to open the door. Door just opens. It wasn't locked. Uh, it wasn't even stuck. Is it similarly dusty, or does it look used? It looks used. And you open the door, and it opens up, and uh, there's another dark hallway. And as you listen for what's just, like, at the end of the hallway, you can hear, like, the dripping of water. And as the water drips, it hits the puddle, and the puddle echoes in all directions. And I cup Eduardo between my hands so that the light is somewhat dimmed, but mm -hmm. enough to see by, and walk forward cautiously through the hallway. Uh, as you walk through the hallway, the temperature starts to drop, and you open up into this massive cavern with like the little light that it's around. It starts to catch these rocks that are planted all over this cavern. It's the rocks that uh, Representative Brink gave people during the elimination ceremony. Like in their raw form? Yeah. You're in a mine. Wow. And right in front of you is a mine cart. And this mine cart doesn't run on rails. It doesn't have wheels and uh, a railing system. It's like two pieces of smooth rock on top of each other. And um, it just kind of is sitting there. Is there a track? Yeah. And there's a track that leads just somewhere else it like goes off into the darkness i'm gonna try my best to see where the mine cart goes while still kind of staying right in the doorway i came from and whisper autumn let's cut back to uh johnny and tracy who wants to do something brandon raises his hand all right brandon what do you want to do i'm gonna try to slip out the door <sighs> All right, make a stealth check, please. I'm so glad you gave me this good, good dice, Fish. I got a 16 plus one for a 17. All right, so Tracy, you're trying to sneak out the door, and Johnny still notices that you do it. You do a good job sneaking. I just do a good job noticing. Tracy, wh where are you going? Where are you going, Tr Tracy? I walk out the door, and I grab the bug that's on the windowsill. And in your ear, the producer says, Hey, uh, Tracy, Tracy, where are you? Um, 
you three of you, you're not outside at the at the ceremony anymore. What's going on? We need to talk. Where can I meet you? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we can do. Um, I mean, so there's some people out there, and we can divide enough enough of me, and I'll just go. Okay, yeah, Tracy. Uh, you're gonna be on camera, but we can get you in the interview alone. I need to meet you alone. Hmm. Let's go to the skybox. You know, Tracy. You know we're not allowed in the skybox. Uh, All right, I'll see you there in 15. <laughs> How are you gonna get there? We're like the entire transportation. What are you talking about? How about you come out in the interview room? I'll beam you up right now. No cameras. No cameras. Beam me up, Muddy. (laughs) (laughs) You get uh, sucked up through the ceiling, and you're back raised up on the edge of the Coliseum. And there's one mud person uh, with a a black beret on. Tracy, what do you want to tell me? What, do you, what dirt do you have, bud? I have information. You have information. Let's trade. Okay. I mean, you already knew that I had information. What do you have for me? I know people who are trying to blow this game up from the inside out, and I know places you don't know about, and if you help me, I'll help you. Tracy, you're going to have to give me a little bit more than that. You're gonna, you go first. We'll do a, a trade for trade. Again, Tracy, you are living literally inside of a mansion in which we kind of control everything. If there was a room that we didn't know about, that is that would be crazy. Did you just roll without announcing what it's going to be? <laughs> I tried to roll a persuasion. I got a one. <laughs> there we go. Well, <laughs> with a one, you just blurt out part of your info. <laughs> Have you looked at the bathroom? There's a mirror with a secret passage behind it. There's a secret passage in the bathroom? Which one? Um, I'll tell you which one when you give me some info yourself. Okay, well, I'm gonna, let's see, I can make it an educated kid. Well, I guess we'll just send everyone into all of the bathrooms, and uh, that's fine. Okay, you know what, Tracy, you did a great job telling me things that I need to know, and I really appreciate that. You're much better than you were in the beginning of this tournament. All right, well, I want you to do something for me. Uh, the thing that I know about you is somewhere outside of the mansion. And maybe your thing and my thing are directly related. So, here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep the bug in your ear. And I want you to go through the secret passage. And uh, you'll probably find what you're looking for there. Go through there. Keep going. Tell me what's at the end. And you'll probably find your thing in there. What do you want? Why are you even here? We've always been here. We don't want much. Does it bother you that you're being bossed around by someone who is, I don't know, literally has you on her shoes? Tracy, if you think that we're the ones being bossed around, then you have absolutely nothing on us. Go through the hole. Tell me what you find. Give me 15 without your people coming. Sure. I'll keep them from going. One of the Ambroses can get drunk or something. We'll film it. I'm going to kill you at the end of this. I hope you know, right? I'd like to see you try. See you later. And Tracy, you start to sink back through the ground. Hi, it's Amanda. 
I don't know about you, but my brain gets so stuck on songs. I will listen to the same one dozens of times on repeat, sometimes for weeks at a time. It helps distract the overactive part of my brain that needs something to gnaw on. It relaxes me in a way, so I can let the rest of my mind wander or relax in peace. This is the moment when you hear a new song for the first time and know that this will be your next jam. Welcome to the mid-roll. We have a sick bass track. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our newest patrons, Ina, Carmelan, Adam, Caitlin, and Tim, our 150th patron. So obviously the, the Mewtwo have joined the party. And thanks as well to Neon Siren Queen of Baking who upped their pledge. Over in the warmly lit living room that is our Patreon, we just shared the exclusive map of Fidopolis we've commissioned from our friends Soon Me. We are so, so, so excited about it. We keep looking at it. Like, I made it my phone background. It is so beautiful. And it's our supporters on Patreon who made this commission possible. If you want to help us reach our next goal, which is a fully illustrated ebook of Eric's NPC backstories, Head over to patreon.com slash join the party to pledge as little as $1 and help keep the show going and growing. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, whose co-owner Lauren Belanco is our resident master dungeon master. Every month we bring her a question about GMing and games. Today's question is, my players always split the party. Always, no matter what we're doing. We haven't had a dungeon crawl yet, so it never really gets into dying territory. But someone's eyes always end up glossing over when the other people go do their thing. Do I have to kill someone to put the DM fear in their hearts? Lauren says, I would definitely start by talking to your players out of game to find out what compels them to want to split off. Then try to work more of that intrigue into your main story arc by creating situations in the game where you intentionally want your players to split up and investigate. That way, when you need them to come back together, they will, and you won't have to be worried about them going off when you least expect them to. Your players' decisions need to matter. There have to be consequences, good or bad, to every action or decision they make. If that means a character has to die after being warned repeatedly not to do something, and they did it anyway, then so be it. Harsh but kind, Master Dungeon Master. Find new tools to bring your party together or keep them apart at 20sidedstore.com or visit them in person in Brooklyn, New York. That's 20, the word, sidedstore.com. Either way, you can use our discount code JOINTHEPARTY for 20% off. We'd also like to shout out one of our favorite podcasts, Treks and the City. Much like the Real Play D&D podcast world, there are a heck of a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, but not many of them are hosted by two women comedians, and only this one talks about fashion, cats, and gender politics. This is the kind of stuff that I want to hear when listening to podcasts about TV shows. Treks in the City is hosted by Alice Wetterland and Veronica Osario. This podcast is funny and smart, and it brings that feminist perspective that I personally really want to see in discussions about sci-fi. Veronica and Alice watch Star Trek The Next Generation episode by episode talking about plot and Star Trek tech, but also fashion and facial hair and what happens when you go to the bathroom in the holodeck. And if that's not enough, they've had some seriously amazing guests like Rhea Butcher and Paul F. Tompkins. If that sounds like it's up your alley, check out Treks and the City on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your shows. Now, let's get back to the party. So, Johnny, what are you doing? So, after Tracy doesn't respond to me asking him where's he going and what's happening, mm -hmm. and I'm also realizing that my uh, dancing light has reached or is reaching the end of its radius, and the fact that I can't hear Inara, I'm going to go up the attic, I'm going to close the secret passage, and I'm going to go up the ladder, 
activate the remaining three of my dancing lights to get a good view of the place. Am I able to see the door open from that? Or You are in the same room that Anara was in before. It was sure. attic. It's dusty. Yep. Lots of boxes. Yep. One of the boxes have been pushed over, yep. and I guess there's a projector. I guess Anara righted and looked at a little bit, so just put off to one side. The door is open mm. in the back. Like, it's not a secret anymore. So I'm going to walk in the direction of Anara, and I'm going to close the door behind me. So I can at least hear if someone comes behind me. Yeah. Sure. Hey, Nara, every, everything okay up here? What is this place? I, I don't know, Johnny. Just c- come here. Come here. It's really weird. And Johnny, I think that as you walk into the room, you see how, like, reflective even the raw versions of this stone is. So you would say that just by my mere presence, the light situation in this room infinitely got better. Yeah. I lighten the world up. With sure. my presence. Sure. Johnny uh, becomes level eight. <laughs> Johnny becomes level infinity. Johnny ascends. As in. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny ascends. grows wings. Oh, he's a celestial. Johnny is just the He's been Kevin Vacation the whole time. <laughs> no! <laughs> so it's really, it's embedded just like all over this cavern. And when the light hits it, you can see like it becomes like five different colors. Mm. It's like red and blue and green and purple and blue. In this cavern, we're talking about rocks here, mm-hmm. and everything is just like patterned with this stone. You don't see any mud here. Oh, interesting. Like, it's not muddy. It is like solid and stone. Okay. So I'll give you that, now that the two of you are here, and then it's still one mine cart and no wheels, stone on stone. What do you want to do? Do you want to head back to the attic and do some more poking around? Sure. So we walk back to the attic area and... Are there any boxes that are conspicuously less dusty? Or is there a box that is extremely the most dustiest, as if it were the oldest? I would say that none of them are more dusty than the other. What I would say is that the projector is less dusty because Anara messed with it. And she opened it up and stuff. I'm going to take the projector... Because I love light and, you know, movies and things like that. I'm going to place it uh, in a way that it aims towards a flat surface. And then I'm just going to send one of my dancing lights into one of the receptacles of the projector and start, like, whirling it to start playing the film and watch the film. Yeah. And I would like to also, using thaumaturgy, add some, like, fun sound effect music, like, theming for this particular film. You send one of the dancing lights into the like the the battery pack. Specifically, Janice. Janice. Janice gets sent into the uh, projector, and you start to crank it, and then like it starts to like take over because like you put the energy source in it, and it starts with a title card, and the title card says training video number three hundred twenty three, five face monster versus designation two four five seven. Anara, this is what you saw before. You see this five-faced monster that's, like, kind of trying to snap. It's kind of jerky because, remember, it's on, like, old film, but it's, like, trying to attack this metaled humanoid figure. And the metaled humanoid figure has a a sword. And, like, you just kind of see them fight for a while. Like, there's just, like, a lot of biting, and then this metal person just kind of tries to, like, juke and jump around the monster. And there's a lot of parrying with the sword. And then at the end of it, you know, like in classic Hydra sort of way, like all of the all of the necks get like all twisted together, and then the uh, the metal person like stabs the monster, and then the crowd goes wild, and the monster goes raw, and uh, the metal person is cheering and like jumping up and down and waving at the at the crowd, and then you hear the voice of the announcer again, 
and the announcer says, What another great gladiator match here at Arch Spire Hideaway. Congratulations to our winner, the Council of Bright's very own Designation 2457. Everyone, stay ready and stay bright. Can I roll for history to see if uh, the Council of Bright, anything pops in my head? Sure. This is O'Cake's first movie, so she is entranced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to remember. That was only a nine. Yeah, okay. Nothing comes to mind immediately, but Johnny grew up in like a monastery mm. with like a very deep library. Sure. There's a much younger Johnny that has like dug through all like the forbidden books. It's like encyclopedia of weirdness. And like my one favorite the... one. Yeah. <laughs> not for you, son. Put this away. Yeah. No, that's like literally, yeah, literally what happens is like you see like a mention of like the Council of Bright and then like one of your masters like closes the book and says, son, you're not allowed to be in this part of the library. Go back to bed. I didn't have my invisibility cloak that day, so it's yeah. a shame. It catches in your brain, but that's it. Eh, I'll try to think about it later. Can I tell if this was recent? Like, by the clothing people are wearing? That's a very good question. Why don't you roll a history as well? Ooh, by the clothing. I like that. 16 plus 2 for an 18. Great. Yeah. I think that you play it again, and this time you're, like, standing directly in the path of the projector and you, you're just trying to look as closely at like the background audience as possible. Okay, clicks the wall. It's a little far away to recognize like people's actual fashion choices, but you do notice that everyone is wearing the same color. Have you ever looked in like at a sports game where it's like they have a, a white out yep. game yep. where like everyone is intentionally wearing white? Or like everyone's intentionally wearing dark blue or purple or whatever Electric the team yellow. color is. Like they give them a poncho or something to wear? Yeah, it's like that. Okay. But this isn't like people are wearing a t-shirt on top of their clothes. It's like everyone is wearing like the same tunic. And the tunic is all white. It looks like it's washed out. But when you get really close, everyone was wearing the same white tunic. I would also say, I guess, Anara, it's like outmoded. Like people don't wear tunics now. It's like you're trying to look at, like, a Shakespearean play where, like, they're putting on a doublet. It's right. like everyone is wearing, like, legit, like, peasant tunics. Okay. All right, let's go back to Tracy. Tracy, you spawn outside of the bathroom. What do you want to do? Tracy's going to open the bathroom door, walk over to the toilet, take the mud bug out of his ear, flush it down. Then walk over to the mirror and knock three times. On the third knock, you hear the knock reverberate through and the door opens again. Tracy walks in, closes the door behind him, starts scrambling up the rope ladder, blowing his help horn to announce his presence. <laughs> we're right here. We're right Tracy, here, Tracy. Tracy, Tracy we're, you, right, we're Tra right here. Tracy, that really hurt. Oh, Tra Tra God. Tra Tracy, oh, that, God. that's my ear. Uh, that's okay, my cover ear. your ears. Oh, no. You know, I am literally an indeterminate age. This hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, the projector stops as soon as Tracy blows his help horn. Tracy, everything okay? We got 15 minutes. Let's go. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, okay, so here, there's a film. A uh, guy that looks like you. And Anara's going to rewind the projector to the point that we see the metal-covered man and let it play for a few seconds. Designation 2457. Tracy, do you know anything about, like, why things that kind of look like you are here that's crazy 1443 i don't know what this countdown means 
but there's oh it's a death countdown we're gonna die in 14 minutes if we don't move anyway that's all you had to see in here just guy looks like you killed a monster maybe long ago maybe not who knows let's go this way there's a mine cart tracy looks at his pocket watch again and just grabs the whole projector uh cool this way and so inara johnny and okake with tracy behind them are going to proceed through that hidden ish attic door we run down this hallway with the dancing lights above us and into the rocky cavern, and Inara and O'Cake are going to jump into the minecart. Is there any indication that me getting into this cart is at least not going to kill me? Also, is the cart even functional? I'm sorry. I know minecarts have this assumption that you can get in one and you just go and it's all happy. That's not how all mines work? that's literally not how minecarts work. All right. This minecart has an emergency brake, and it is currently on. Inara is sitting in the minecart looking at everybody like, Guys, guys, it's a ride. It's a ride. I'm already in the cart. Before I get in the cart, I'm casting Blade Ward to protect myself if anything negative and damaging happens. I'm casting it just on myself. Cool. And I get in. Great. And since I'm the last one in and I don't really want to do this, I pull the emergency brake off. Okay. Here's how this works. There are a few different speeds that you can do. You're stopped at the moment. And you can go slow, medium, fast, and then over that is, like, fast and out of control. Every round, you can either lean into this hill, which makes you go one step faster, you can stay as you are, or you can use the emergency brake to try to slow yourself down. Uh, We're going to do this in initiative rolls. Each round, you guys are all going to roll a perception. Think of it as, like, a constant trap. On a certain initiative, something is going to happen, and you need to do the amount of perception to, like, avoid it. Then those who noticed roll initiative to see who reacts first to the feature. Johnny, as you let the emergency brake go, the cart slowly goes forward, and it starts with a small screeching sound as it starts to move. Even as it moves very slowly, Johnny's life starts to flash before his eyes. Of course. And immediately, you guys take a dive down the first part of the track, and it goes down and forward, and you are just going pretty fast. Do you want to lean into it? Do you want to stay? Or do you want to try to slow down? So we're at the level called slow? You're on the speed level called slow. I'm going to constantly be advocating that we stay at the slow <laughs> level, and anything that causes us to go faster, we attempt to slow down. And our and O'Cake are going to be leaning to go faster until we reach the level fast, and I don't want to go above that. Cool. Tracy's going to be leaning into fast until he literally just falls out of the thing because he's going too fast. Johnny is going to murder both of his companions and make this cart go as slowly as possible. I mean, it seems like it's two against one, so for this round, you guys are going to go faster. So you are now up to the medium speed. Everyone, roll a perception check, and I'm going to give you all plus two because you have the light on. Five. Nineteen. I'm having too much fun. Eight. All right. Tracy and Inara, you guys don't notice what's coming up next. You're having too much fun leaning into the speed. Johnny. If I'm the only one that takes damage, I'm going to come across the stage. No, you're, no, you get to see, you see the ops. You're the only one who sees the obstacle. And because you are so out of your mind, you are just concentrating for something that will make you feel better. And you see some glowing coming up faster up ahead. And it's like on a rock wall to your right. And there are some mushrooms that are glowing and they're drawing you to light. And you feel very attracted to them. Great, and you want to reach out, and I want you to roll. I want you to roll. You're literally punishing me, and I want you to roll a wisdom saving throw. I love it. Ten. Okay, with a wisdom ten, you are like drawn to these mushrooms. You need to grab them as you're speeding by, 
and I want everybody to take uh, six points of damage. Because as Johnny reaches out to grab the mushrooms, these are electrified. And it kind of like travels through your body and shocks everybody. But Johnny, you have a fistful of these electric mushrooms. And they're glowing. And these have a shocking property. And you they, won't believe what this property is. <laughs> it's shocking. Do I Pop still it. have them though? Yes, and you have Twist a fi- you have a fistful. Of, Pull it. You have a fistful of them. Eat I'm it. going to grab from my Eat pack it. a bunch of uh, paper, uh, wrap it into the paper, and put it in my bag. So here's what happens with these glowing, shocking mushrooms. I think when people like interact with it, either eat it or touch it for the first time, they get 2d6 shock. You fly past the mushrooms and you all get shocked. Is going to another uh, downhill. Do you guys want to go faster? Faster. I'm going to attempt us to slow down. Faster. Johnny, do you want to lean back or do you want to try to pull the brake? I lean back. Okay. You guys are going faster. You are now at fast. Everyone, please make a perception roll with plus two. Not 20, my friends. 12 plus four for 16. Eight. So which means I'm probably also going to get punished again. (laughs) All right. With a 20. Natural 20, sir. A natural 20. You take. All right, Anara. I don't know. You're just like invigorated by like the, the roller coasterness. Hell yeah. And the shocking. You're just like, ah! This is like God's skateboard. <laughs> so with a natural 20, you can see that like about 30 feet ahead of you, you're coming to like an overhang of rocks. And like one of the rocks ahead of you is starting to crumble off of it. Uh, hey guys, there is a giant stalagmite or stalactite, I forgot what that name was in geography, gonna crash down on us when we pass down under it. Johnny, was it stalactite or stalagmite? Well, you see Tracy, the your naming. shield? Oh, right! And Tracy takes his shield out and covers all of us with it. Kind of hunker down, put like it on it. top of us. A I like cute it. Cute little Tupperware lid. Okay. Uh, As tra- he does that, uh, Johnny starts to explain the entomology of stalactite and stalagmite to the team. We will presume that happened. Nice. Tracy, what's your AC with your shield? 16. Okay. Did I say 16? I meant 20,000. Okay. Tracy, I want you to make a dexterity saving throw as well. Big one. Hey, I got a 19 plus 1 for a 20. Hell yeah. All nice. right. Non-natural 20. Okay. As the rock falls, it starts to crumble, and all of you bracing yourself for impact, you hear a womp coming down on the shield, and none of y'all take damage. In fact, Tracy was so dexterous, he actually is able to keep the rock held up there, and you guys get a piece of rock. You get a piece of this glowing, glittering rock, and you are able to all, so all of you have that. I thought at first you were just like, you get a rock! <laughs> large... Like, cool, thanks. It's, so it's this large, uh, like, mineral stone deposit thing. Yes. Also, now that you've all taken on weight, and you've grabbed this, you slow down, and you are now down to medium Obviously speed. I'm gonna lean forward to go faster. Can I dump the rest of it off? Sure. I will I'm going to attempt to grab as much of the glitteriness as possible. Yeah, I assume we all got some. You dump everything that isn't the You just try to slow us down. That's what you're trying to That's do. <laughs> Tracy heaves his shield off of everyone and dumps the rest of the rock off. And then leans forward to go fast. Okay. So they these two want to lean forward. Johnny, do you want to pull the emergency brake to slow down? So do you think that maybe because of what he did, he doesn't get to count as a lean forward? Because if anything, he, he counts as a slow down? Because of what just happened? You mean when I specifically lean forward? <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm going slow, they're going fast. We're still going faster. We're going faster. You, you can pull the emergency I'm brake. I'm not pulling the emergency brake. Because if it breaks and we actually have to break at some point, it's going to be bad news. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, please make a perception check. You are going fast. 
plus two still? Uh, yeah, plus two. Nice. Which is honestly bad for us. On six. Sixteen plus four for nat- unnatural twenty. Non-natural twenty. Non-natural. Nice. A supernatural twenty. A super seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay, Tracy. Uh, while Anara and Jody are, are squabbling with each other to try to figure out, we're hypnotized by a rocks. Who's nope, going faster? I'm just freaking out. I will make that clear. I'm just freaking out. What I'm Johnny, hypnotized by my rocks. What rock. does Johnny sound like when he's scared? I'm not gonna give me a scream. No. Give me a scream. What? Give me a Johnny scream. 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 Um, scream. Scream. Okay, scream. hold on. Scream. Give me a second. To... Can we please just slow down? Please, can we just slow down? This is not the speed we should be going at. This is not a good speed. Can we just slow down a little bit? Please, can we slow down? Can we slow down? Oh, this is not the good speed. This is a bad speed. I will pull this cart over, so help me God. I am taking us back to the mansion if we do not slow down. We will turn right around if you and your sister can't agree on who gets the Happy Meal toy. We will all become mud people. I swear to God, we will all be. I swear to Adama and the Undying Light and the Shadow and whatever. We've all become mud people. Is that what you wanted? Did I <laughs> give you what you wanted? What wanted? Okay. I'm glad you got what you Oh my god. So while that's happening, which I love, Tracy, you're trying to ignore the two people who are squabbling behind you. You look forward and you see two massive jaws coming out of the track ahead of you. Like organic, like flesh and blood. Make an investigation check. 16 plus 5 for 21. They're stone jaws. They're ornamental. Oh, cool. Yeah. I want to say this is the first time in 26, five-ish episodes that I detected something. It's very good. That's I'm very proud of you. Legitimately true. This could be hey. real. This could have been bad. Good job, man. Thanks. It's a real character growth. Thanks. Am you I know? worried? Well, now that oh. you know they're not stone. Hey, hey Eric. Yeah. My danger sense going off? No, you're not because you realize they're stone and they're fine. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the ornamental? <laughs> do you tell them that it's fake? Tracy turns around and he goes, I feel great about the jaws! And you two look up and you see the jaws. Do I have a heart attack or not? Inar is going to stand up and throw a dagger into the middle of the jaws. (laughs) That was okay. (laughs) I should have been more clear. We're fine. Probably. Amanda, roll roll a uh, attack. Uh, That's a 19 plus 2 plus 6. Hold on. At the same time, if I may, before you do this, I'm going to shillelagh, which is an instant action, my quarterstaff, and attempt to knock off one of the teeth so I can get it for my own. Because it's a nice (laughs) stone, and it looks good, and I want one of the teeth. So maybe you're doing the same. I think I don't even think you know it's like stone. You're just like, oh, look, teeth, and then you just like hit at it. Yeah. Because Tracy said nothing about it. He said nothing about it. I just want a tooth. Okay, so you're doing a attack roll as well. Great. I rolled a 27 attack. Yeah. So 19. I okay, want to throw yes. a dagger at the bottom of a tooth so that it pops up and I can grab it as we pass over. That's why I wanted to say first so that we're on the same page. We're taking Thanks, the Dad. two buck teeth. We, we want the two middle the teeth. The two front teeth. The two front teeth of the top. All I want for Christmas is the two front teeth of this rock shark. And we've basically rolled the best we could that wasn't a nat 20. So DM, that's how correct. are you doing? That's exactly what happens. That's nice. weird. I was going to say that and then that's and what then happened. it came out of their mouth. So you guys now you two both have stone teeth. And it's the same kind nice. of stone, right? Yeah. Okay. Um would you guys like to go faster? I'm sorry. We are currently at the fastest speed where there is some semblance of control, correct? Right? Yes. You are at your going speed? fast. No, I'm going to a, have yeah. these two fools answer first. So there is a faster than fast? Yeah. Now how fast, now, the, how many the, levels of fast is there? I know that Trace is gonna lean forward, so I'm gonna <laughs> lean back. Going 
any faster than this level, Brandon. Yes, Dad. And Tracy. Mm -hmm. Gets us to an uncontrollable level of speed where the cart could falter. Eric, would you say that I weigh more than both of them combined? No. Okay, good. Then I lean forward. We lean back. Okay. You guys are going fast, and you are, you've taken the final, like, slope down, and there's a straightaway for a while, and in a very sort of, like, cartoonish way, about 30 feet in front of you, there's a sign that says bridge out. <laughs> and and um, Is it there's like comically hanging a little bit askew. Of course. Yeah. And um, do we notice the sign? All three of you do. The track continues about like 50 feet forward, but also like 30 feet down. I will tell you right now, you have plenty of speed to make it across the chasm. What do you all want to do to try to like stunt your way across this chasm? When my we- sixth stunt will be trying to focus my entire body and movement to try to make it so that when we do hit the ground again slash the rail on the other side, we safely land onto the railing so that we don't fail. That's my sixth stun. Cool. Good. Will sorry, I-, I fell asleep. What was that? That's the dad answer, and I'm the dad. That's Johnny's action. That's, and that's literally Michael's action, too. Yep. What would you like I to do, do to try to make yourselves do this? I got. I have Johnny's. I'm going to pull the grind machine out, lean toward the front of the cart with my hand gripping the front edge, Look at Oatcake, say, you know what to do. And then as we launch off of the track, I'm going to launch myself forward, do a barrel roll in the air, holding my skateboard to my feet like a snowboarder. Oatcake is going to blink on top of me and then blink back into the cart as we hopefully <laughs> safely land on the other end of the track. Okay, great, good. And Johnny- my goal, to be clear, is to land on the grind machine in the cart. Okay, I got that. Johnny is literally too old for the shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's Tracy doing? Tracy sees the beginnings of this six stump from Minara, so he wants to add some some flavor to it. And how do you add flavor in good old skateboarding? You do some turns. You do some some rotations. Oh no. You do. You do. So as we're just leaving the ground, Tracy's gonna shoot a long bar of the law, so it attaches to the like track, and then let's go just enough to get a little bit of a rotation started. And then we do, I don't know, should we say a 1080? <laughs> oh. All right, Anara, I want you to make acrobatics. I'm just going to take damage. Tracy, I don't even know what you're doing. Bro, I use strength to move a creature up to 15. Okay, so use, why don't you make a just strength. straight strength? And then, Johnny, I want you to make con. 10 plus 9 for a 19. Grime Machine strikes again. Flip day part two, the flippening. <laughs> flip day part two, two flip 13. two B. This campaign is ageist. <laughs> I got nine plus six for 15. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. This is w- lovely. I want to imagine this scene. Anara's on her skateboard. Tracy spins the cart around for, I think with a 720, you get two full rotations. And Johnny, I think Johnny does not vomit himself. I'm wonderful that that's what I get to contribute. And you that's are- That's just so great. And I feel so good in my heart. And stomach. <laughs> That I don't throw up. Maybe your eye bags get a little bit illuminated. You know what? I age an extra year. <laughs> this maneuver has aged me an extra year. How's that? <laughs> Boom. But done. Here's aged the, an extra year. But here's the important part is that you all land it. It is Woo! all very good land. You nail it and you get like 10,000 points. Is there a judge that's like, 
a card somewhere? At the bottom of the screen, you see, it's like, <laughs> it's like 720 card trick, and it can just get 10,000 points. <laughs> the track just goes straight on for about 100, 200 feet, and you slowly grind to a halt at the end of the track. I don't think any of you have, like, been able to track your orientation necessarily, and there is a steel door in front of you with, like, one of those, like, vault type of handles. While these two fools are high-fiving or whatever the youngins do, I get out of the cart. We're dabbing. Uh, oh, my God, I was going to say dabbing. <laughs> collapse to the ground, open up my book, and start, like, reading passages to myself and, like... <laughs> I'm not kissing the ground, but, like, pretty much, yeah. You're just, like, an evangelical dad at Six Flags. You guys want to go to Six Flags? No. I definitely, I want to go to Six Flags. All right, me and Eric will go. Nice. They have Dippin' Dots. I feel like this is the part where, like, the 17-year-old comes on the speaker and says, Okay, everyone, please get off of the ride for the next person to get on. Thank you for coming to Six Flags and riding the minecart challenge. Tracy immediately jumps out of the cart and heads to the door and starts trying to turn the door. I'll uh, put my pack on, put O-Cake in it, and follow Tracy. Tracy, make a strength roll for me. Four plus three for seven. Cool. Yeah, you try to put your whole might behind turning this thing, because it's like, you think it's ancient, or you think it's, like, it's stuck. But, like, it's actually loose. <laughs> the the handle just, like, spins quickly in front of you. I'm still acting as if it took a lot of effort. Though. Oh, of course. Yeah. It creaks open. Do you want to go in? Can I see anything in there? No, it's it's dark in there. I was about to ask the light situation. When I he mean, opens the door, is there like a gust of wind, like the air pressure's changed? Like it's like not money. been opened in so long that like a whoosh of air would happen? Well, that's actually interesting. And I think this goes along with what Tracy did. Mm. You kind of expect that this is like a sealed door mm. and like it's like an airlock situation, mm. but it's actually fine. Hmm. I'm going to send Eduardo in in a very soft light color. Eduardo, one of my dancing lights. I'm going to send Eduardo in... As the light enters the room, Tracy follows behind it. Tracy, you push the door open to follow the light inside. And the light of the dancing lights reflects off of metal. Some of it's rusted, but some of it can still catch the light of the the ball that's floating around. And you see artificer equipment and wrenches and hammers and old bowls that used to be had like liquid metal in it, and you're looking over at the workstation, and you turn over to the right, and across the far wall are nine warforged, and they all look like you. Some of them have their chest piece open, that it's large enough for someone to climb in. Some of them have smaller pieces that are open just looking for energy or like a battery pack. And as you count, there should have been 10, but number seven is missing.
Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party, where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.